Amen. Good morning. It's my turn. <laughs> I don't want you. You better not miss tonight. Pastor's going to be ministering tonight, and I'm sure he's got a good word for you. So you don't want to miss it. Um, I, I'm sure he'll be talking about some aspect of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're here for the very first time, we just want to welcome you. Everybody say welcome. Welcome. Oh, goodness, goodness. I'm going to open up in prayer right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we just love you this morning, and we thank you for your precious holy word. And Father, we just, I just pray this morning for revelation knowledge to flow through this place. Holy Spirit, that you will connect us with the words that you need us to be connected with. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. But before I start, is that ready? Is that ready, guys? You're taking up my time. You're going to have to reset it. <laughs> I need every minute this morning. I need every second. I may keep you guys into the next service. I'm just kidding. <laughs> are, we, do we, do, are we ready? I just need a signal. Somebody needs to let me know what's going on. It's not going to happen. Okay. We'll show it to you maybe at the end when Pastor comes up to receive the legacy offering. It's just a, just a short clip of yesterday. And I'm telling you, if you weren't here yesterday, ladies, you missed it. It was awesome. I mean, we just, so many ladies' lives were touched and changed. And I believe God spoke to them. And don't miss, it's going to continue this Tuesday morning at 930. So be here, okay? We also have a nursery available for that. Oh, look at this. Can you see that? Isn't that awesome? Every seat in this place was filled. Justin, you can put that. Thank you. I'm, gonna, I'm working out at the gym so I can, I gotcha. you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we're going to start a series today, and it is called Bound for Eternity. How many of you know that every single one of us are bound for eternity? God has, did not create us to live and then die and cease to exist. But every single one of us have been created to live forever. If you've read your Bible, you know that. Some people don't know that. I remember years ago, I was going to church at 5 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Most of you would know what church that was. <laughs> And I remember standing in front of that church and looking at the ground and thinking, it's so sad. We're just going to die, and all the ants are going to eat us. And I was probably in my early 20s. I remember thinking that thought. I remember just thinking, like, life is just going to end. But how many of you know that's not true? It's not true for anyone, even those that don't know God. We are all going to live in eternity, and you know what? God made it so that we choose where we're going to spend eternity. 
You choose where we're going to, where you're going to spend eternity. And I know a lot of people, these are some of the things that we're going to talk about. We're going to break it down in the next few weeks. I know uh, Pastor Tom and Maureen is going to come on the 15th, but we may finish it the week before or the week after that. But so many people prepare for life. They prepare, uh, they prepare for school. They prepare to get married. They prepare for their children. They prepare for what, school, what college they're going to go to. But they don't prepare for eternity. They don't even know what's going to happen. And yet, God wants us to know because it's all in his word. It's all in the Bible. There is a heaven. There is, there, there, there is, going, there is a plan that God has, even, even a thousand years reigning on the earth. Some of you don't even know what that is. So we're going to try to unfold some of that. And there's also, there's also a hell. There's, there are people that are going to be spending eternity separated from God in a place called hell. The Bible's very clear. Now, you know, you can hear all kinds of opinions. They even like to take that, that, that word out of the church. Oh, it's a fear tactic. No, it's not a fear tactic. It's the truth. And we choose. We choose. One of the, one of the questions, we're not going to answer that today, but one of the questions we're going to answer is, how could a loving God send anyone to hell? Have you ever heard that question? Maybe you even wondered it yourself. But it's, it's, it's not, God doesn't send anyone to hell. We choose. We choose. Amen? And if you understand the character of God, you would see that God is good. God doesn't do, God isn't good because he does good things. He, he does good things because he's good. And so when you understand the character of God, you know that that's not what, that's not, it's not, it was never in the plan of God for anyone to ever see, to, to ever see hell, to ever be separated from him. God made Adam and Eve in the garden. He made, he, he, he went down there every day. He fellowshiped. God wanted a family and he wants us to choose to love him. How, how would you like it if you had to force your children to love you? You know, or force somebody to love you. You want them, you want it to be their free will. And God has given us, that's one of the greatest gifts that he's ever given us, is a free will. Amen? Amen. And so we're going to be talking about, uh, we're, 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 today we're going to talk about to be absent from the body is to be present, from, present with the Lord, because a lot of people have questioned that. Um, we're going to be talking about heaven and hell. We're going to be talking about your choice. We're going to answer some hard questions. We're going to find out whether your pets go to heaven or not. So you'll have to come back for that one. <laughs> so, um, and, and you know that, that question that I just said, you know, how could a loving God send anyone to hell? Most, most, most of the time when people ask that, they ask it in, in an accusatory way like accusing God, you know? You know, how can, listen, I'm telling you, none of us would be here without God. He created man, and he created us in his image. Love created us, amen? We're also gonna talk about the great white throne judgment. Somebody, some people don't know about that. First scripture's gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share a little bit on the first scripture about judgment. We're also gonna uh, uh, learn about the judgment seat of Christ. I'm doing a lot of study, and I'm listening to a lot of theologians, and, and I'm telling you, I'm getting more and more excited about heaven. 
And more, you know, you know, when we hear the judgment, we always think, oh, that's bad. Well, have you ever had a judgment where you won a case? Wasn't so bad, was it? God has some great judgments. He has some good judgments. Amen? I'll just say this. The great white throne judgment, that's where you're judged whether you're going to go to heaven or hell. And you choose why you're here, so you'll know. But the judgment seat of Christ, that's where you're going to be judged for your works. Amen? And your behavior. But you're going to hear, we'll, we'll be talking about that, okay? So I'm just, this is just an introduction today. And we're going to talk about preparing for eternity. Listen, you are not going to go to sleep for like thousands of years before you end up getting out of that grave. Some people, even as, as Christians, and even as a Christian, I, wonder, I, I had wondered that years ago. I was like, even though I'm saved, am I going to, is, you know, or my family, if they passed away, are they, are they just sleeping or are they really in heaven? You know, are they really alive? And I'm going to show you that they're really in heaven. Amen? Amen? So how many of you have ever taken a, a vacation or gone to Disneyland or gone to, uh, I don't know, the, uh, to Maine or Acadia Park or so, the, these different places? When you go away, when you go on a trip, most of you, you plan, right? If you're going where the sun is shining, you're planning what to pack. You're planning the places you're going to visit. If you're going to uh, Disney, you're planning... I, I don't know which parks you're going to go to. Let's, we, we need to plan for eternity. Amen? We need to think about eternity. Let's look at James. We'll start with James 4.14. God says here, Yet you do not know the least thing about what may happen tomorrow. What is the nature of your life? You are really but a wisp a vapor, a puff of smoke, a mist that is visible for a little while. This is who we are. We're, we're, we're really but a wisp of vapor, a puff. If I would have had powder in my hand, I could have blown it, and that would have been an example of a puff of smoke, a mist that is visible for a little while and then disappears into thin air. This is, this is who we are. Our life is so, and, and, and I bring out this scripture because you think, maybe if I live to 60 or 80 or 120, man, that's a long life. But compared to eternity, our life is just a puff of smoke. It's, whew. Compared to eternity, and we're just here for that short amount of time. And we're here to make a difference. Amen? And so that's why it's so important that we prepare for eternity when we leave, because we're not going to cease to exist. There's going to be life after death. There's going to be things that we're going to be doing. Amen? Amen. You're just not going to walk around, oh, I'm in heaven, oh, you know. No, 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 no. We're created in God's image. Just like you work down here. Amen? Every man, every man, every woman has an appointment with death. We all have that appointment. It's going to happen someday. We don't know what day that is, but it's going to happen. God promises us long life, and it's important that we put the word of God to, to receive that long life. But every man has an appointment with death. What happens, um, let, let, let's look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. I want to bring this out in a couple of different translations in eternity, concerning eternity. It says, and is, as it is appointment, 
as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. In Hebrews 9.27, remember I said the judgment could be good. How many have ever received a good judgment in court? Right? All right. But there's, a, there's another side of that judgment too. But God tells us about it in his word so we can avoid those things, right? He goes on, and in the, in the Passion Translation, it says, every human being is appointed to die once and then to face God's judgment. Every single one of us. Every, and, and, and you're, listen, you're already into eternity. When you leave this earth, you're just going into the next phase of your life. You're just going into the next phase. I want to uh, share with you a few instances in the Bible that helped me about people that have actually, uh, that, that, that actually rose from the dead, that, actually we, that were seen in the Bible after they died. And this is, this is the first, and it's funny because, uh, well, I won't go there yet, but, but this is the first instance. This is in Matthew 27. Um, we're going to start with uh, verse 50. And I'm going to read this in the Passion. And it says, Jesus passionately cried out, took his last breath, and gave up his spirit. At that moment, the veil in the Holy of Holies was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth shook violently. Rocks were violently split apart, and graves were opened. Say, graves were opened. These are the saints that were in a holding place. They were held captive until Jesus went to the cross. And I'm not going to go into detail with that, but you can study about that. But it says the graves were opened. This is when Jesus, uh, at the moment, the veil of the Holy Holies was torn in two from top to bottom. I'll read it again. The earth shook violently. Rocks were violently split apart. And graves were opened. And it goes on to say, then many of the holy ones, or some translations say the saints who had died were brought back to life and came out of their graves. And after Jesus' resurrection, they were seen by many people walking in Jerusalem. I'm telling you, there is life after death. There is eternity. He set the captives free that day. And it goes on in verse 54, and it says, Now when the Roman military officer and his soldiers witnessed what was happening, and felt the powerful earthquake, they were extremely terrified, and they said, there is no doubt this man was the Son of God. Amen? When all those people were set free, people saw them. People saw them in the street. And in, 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 in the English Standard Version, I'm going to read a couple of uh, translations in, of verse 53. It says, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. NIV says they came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many. Every translation saying the right thing. All of those people that were seen, that were held in captivity from before Jesus went to the cross, were set free. Amen? Were brought out of captivity. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It gets exciting the more and more you talk about eternity. Where do we talk about, I mean, yes, we're going to talk about hell because people need to know. But, but I was, I've, I've been just doing some studying on heaven. It's, it's exciting. It's, many of you people are, you have people in heaven. 
and they're cheering you on. Amen? Amen. Let's look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. This is the Apostle Paul talking. And he says, so we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. While we are in this body, this is, these are our clothes for the earth. We are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. And then he goes on in verse 8, he said, we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present from the Lord, to be present with the Lord. But the Apostle Paul was saying, yeah, we're here, we're confident, knowing that we're, well, we're with the bo- in the body, we're absent from the Lord. But he said, we are so confident, we are well, so pleased, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. He's like, he's like man, if we could be absent from the body, that would even be better, because we we'll be present with the Lord. He said, we're confident of this. When we leave this body, when you leave this earth, you are going to be present with the Lord. Amen? Amen? As long as Jesus is your Lord. You're going to be present with the Lord. Let's look at Matthew chapter 17. We're going to go back and forth with the Apostle Paul and showing you different, different things. Now, this is the, this scripture, when I prayed about this years ago, no, I was, you know, you're studying the Bible, you're learning, you're growing. And, and I said, yeah, I was saying, God, are we re-? this is after I'm saved now. And I said, God, are we, do, we re- do we go to sleep and wait until, you know, like the end times before you, we wake up or whatever, you know? I'm, I was just talking to God, just talking. You know, sometimes you have to have conversations like that to God. It's not always thee and thou and Mark eleven twenty three, 23, you know, and 24, but... But I was talking to God, and I was like, are, are people really, like, is, is my, are my grandparents really alive? Are they, am I, you know, or are they still sleeping and waiting? I, and, I, and I said to God, I don't want to go to sleep for like a million years. I want to, you know, <laughs> and uh, just, just share in my heart. And immediately, the Lord brought the scripture to me. It was the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. Okay, and it's in Matthew chapter 17, it's 1 through 8, and it says, uh, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. Here, here was Peter, James, and John, but Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with Jesus. Can you imagine that? And how did they know? They never saw Moses. That was 400 years before or whatever. They never saw Elijah. How did they know? See, we're going to be known as we're known. We're going to know who Abraham is. I don't think they're going to have to take us through heaven and introduce us to Abraham and David and all the saints. I think we're going to know. How did they know it was? I mean, it was just like God brought that to me. I just, I got so excited and I I just knew. And from then on, I begin to study it. But he goes on, it goes on and it says, and behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him, talking with Jesus. And then Peter answered. Peter's so funny. Like, what did he answer? Nobody asked him anything. But he, but he answered. He, you know, you, you study Peter's life, and it's just what a personality this guy had. He said, then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, 
It is good for us to be here if you wish. Let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And, 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 he, and, and it goes on, while, verse 5, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. I mean, that would bring the fear of God on you. Amen? He, not only seeing Moses and Elijah, but hearing the voice of God. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. So Moses and Elijah came down for a visit. So we see all these people, the graves opening up. We see people walking out of their graves. Here we see Moses and Elijah. So if, if they were sleeping... I mean, they, if, they, if we're going to sleep and never, if we're not going to be in the presence of God, that wouldn't have been able to happen. Amen? No one ceases to exist ever. No one. You're never going to cease to exist, but you are going to exist somewhere. And you have to make your choice while you're here on earth. And honestly, it's not according to how good you are or how bad you are. It's according to what you believe. And if you believe that Jesus Christ went to the cross, it's not a fairy tale. He went to the cross to die for your sins, to take your place, to pardon you from all of your sins. The Bible said all have sinned and all have come short of the glory of God. Every single one of us have messed up. And sometimes we got to be reminded why Jesus went to the cross. He did it for you. He did it for me. And the Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus died and he rose again from the dead, you shall be saved. And the Bible says Jesus came to save the lost. And it says that nobody is going to see heaven unless they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And so it's important that, you know, that you know this. Amen? So no one ceases to exist. You have a destination. There is going to be a final destination, and you will be there for eternity. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2. Now, <clears throat> let me tell you about, I, I, some people know this, some people don't, but let me tell you about a dream I had when I was first saved. So I got sa I heard the message of the gospel. I got radically saved. I just, uh, I, I wanted the whole world to be, when you get saved and receive Jesus, you cannot hold it in. It's, it's, it's not like, you better go tell the world, and then you got this pressure, oh, I'm going to go tell the world. No, it's not like that. It's like, oh, my gosh, i got to tell everybody. i got to tell everybody that Jesus forgave them. i got to tell everybody that there's a heaven and hell. And I remember going to my family and my mom and, every, and just, just telling everybody, my, my job, my boss, everybody. Just they had to know. They had to know that there's a heaven and a hell, and if without Jesus, they're not going to go into an they're going to go into an eternity separated from God. And so I, I was worried about my grandparents because my grandfather basically took care of me, and he passed away when I was six years old. But I remember him. I was he was just real close. I was close to my grand grandmother, and I loved them. I mean, I loved them like they were my parents. They were they were just everything, and I was like, God, what about? We call them Sito and Jiddu. What about them? Where, where are they going to, you know? And one night I had a dream. And, my, and they would always be in church. And my grandma would do this thing, dear Jesus, come into my heart. You see, sometimes we think, well, only people at Living Word are going to heaven. 
that's not true. If people believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I remember I had a dream, and, and in the dream, uh, my, my, I have like 10 aunts and uncles, and in the dream, uh, uh, my grandmother and grandpa, were, uh, were, they were in a like, uh, they were, you know in Italy, what do you call those? gondolas and they were and they were they were just going along in this beautiful with their row in the boat and they came to my aunt's house in South Boston because that was the first house that my grandparents bought it's amazing that I would have this dream and all my aunts and uncles Jojo do you remember the house on 61 Dwight Street in South Boston anyhow it was like near Tremont Street over there anyhow in the dream all my aunts and uncles, every one of them were in the hallway. They were all like, because everybody used to gather there. And here comes my grandma and grandpa in their gondola. They get out of the boat in front of the house. They walk into this long hallway. And all my aunts and uncles said, Ma, Dad, what are you doing here? We thought you were dead. And they said, No. They said, no, that's why we came back. We needed to let you know that we're alive. But we can't stay. But we wanted you to know that we're alive. And they got back in the gondola, gondola and they went back to wherever, and I woke up. And I'm telling you, that dream to me is still as alive. I fully expect to walk into heaven and see my situ and jiddu, my grandma and grandpa. Amen? I'm telling you that, that, you know, it's important. But, but I know that they believed in Jesus. And then I heard stories afterwards because, I, honestly, I really thought maybe they were in hell, you know, because they never told me about Jesus. But I was just a little kid when they passed away. Amen? So let's look at this in Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2. Are you getting something out of this this morning? I want you to know that you're not going to cease to exist. You are going somewhere. Amen? Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. How can we be surrounded by a cloud of witnesses? Who are they? They're people that have died and gone on before us. We're so, we're, we're, it says, we are also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, lay, let us lay aside, this is the Apostle Paul talking, and he's telling us, man, we're surrounded by our family. We're surrounded by witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, Endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen? I'm telling you, when you leave this earth and Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you're going to love walking into heaven. You're going to love seeing those witnesses. You're going to love seeing the characters of the Bible. You're going to love seeing your family. Amen? Philippians 121. This is the Apostle Paul here. He says this. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. 
And then he goes on in verse 23. He says, for I am hard-pressed between the two. Have you ever been hard-pressed between two decisions? Should I buy that house? Shouldn't I buy that house? Should I move here? Should I do this? Should I send my kids to that school? Should I take this job? He said, I'm hard-pressed between the two. Having a desire to depart and be with Christ, the Apostle Paul, he was caught up into the third heaven. He knew things that probably we, we haven't even learned yet. And he desired to be with Christ. Most people don't desire to die. But he knew something. He desired to be with Christ. He said, I'm hard-pressed. Where was I? Uh, but if I live on in the flesh, okay, verse 23, I'm hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you because he was bringing the gospel to these people. He was teaching them the gospel. He was teaching them who they were in Christ, amen? He was teaching them how to walk by faith. He was the Apostle Paul's teachings are amazing. And look at Philippians chapter 1. Look at it in the Amplified. He says, but I am hard-pressed between the two. My yearning desire is to depart, to be free of this world, to set forth and be with Christ, for that is far better. When, when you fall in love with Jesus, you, you, just, you just can't compare it to anything else. And when you find out that you have to make a choice, it's not automatic. People think everybody's just going to go to heaven. Oh, God's just, you know, yes, God's a merciful God. The Bible says God is love, but he's a just God as well. And he gave us a choice, a free will. He did not make us robots. And he wants us to love him with a free will. And, if, and the Bible says, you've, you've heard it many times, if you've ever been in any church, a full gospel church, a Baptist church, you've heard, for God so loved the world. It doesn't say the church. It says the world. That means everyone. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whoever believes on him would not perish but have everlasting life. That means there's a little word in there, a perishing that's going to be going on. And people need to know. I didn't, I don't know about you, but I didn't want my, my, my family to perish. But you, you know, listen to me, there are a whole lot of people that will hear this message and they won't believe it. They'll just, that's their opinion. Well, that's your opinion. Well, that's, well, you're going to find out when you leave this earth that this was the truth. The Bible is the truth. They're trying to change it in every way. They're trying to take out woman or God, make God a woman or put in all these stupid things. That's man's wisdom. That's man's ideas. But God's word will never change. The greatest selling book of all time is the Bible. And we have a choice. And I want you to know today that if you were to walk out that door and you were to leave this earth by some unfortunate happening, 
I'm telling you, you're not going to cease to exist. Those movies where people see their bodies, there's movies, there's things where you see people come, they're true. Now, in the end times, we're not talking about that now. When Jesus comes, our bodies are going to reunite with our spirits. But our soul goes with our spirit to heaven. And, and I can't wait to share about heaven. It's just, it's in the experiences so many people had. And, you know, let me tell you this. I used to think, I used to hear, oh, this person visited hell. This person went to heaven. This, and I'd be like, oh, just like, I don't think anybody did that, whatever. But so many are experiencing that now. All over the world, not just in the United States. Muslims are getting saved in the middle of the night. People are, God is, is, is moving, the Holy Spirit is moving. And if you'll receive the word of God, it'll change everything in your life. Amen. Amen. This is truth. There's only one truth in this world. And it's the, wor it's the words of God. In 2 Corinthians, I'm going to close with this. 519, I'm going to read this. You see, God did everything possible. This is so important for you to hear this. He did everything possible so that you could live forever with him in eternity. And in this scripture right here, I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Look what God did. It says it was God personally present in Christ reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses. God didn't, he wasn't counting up. He, was hold, he wasn't holding your sins against you, but canceling them and committing to us the message of the restoration to favor, committing to us the, rest, the message of reconciliation. God did it. God did it all. He put all of our sins on Jesus. And he took, when we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he took the righteousness of God and made us righteous. There was an exchange made. When you receive that forgiven, when you receive that forgiveness, when you receive Jesus, that's what happened. You become a new creation. And, and you know, it's so hard to believe because you say, well, well, what happens after we're saved, Pastor Judy, and we sin? Thank God, the Bible says, that he is faithful and just to forgive us. We just go to him and we just ask him to forgive us. And you know, you may not change overnight. I bet everybody in here, I bet I, I, I can guarantee that you haven't gone a day without sinning. You know? You just, it's not like you want to do it on purpose, but each day you live for Christ, each day you walk away from that stuff. In the blood of Jesus, the Bible says that God forgives you and forgets. Amen? And so in 1 Corinthians 15, 55, I want to read this. The Apostle Paul said, O death, where is your victory? Where is your sting? There is no victory for the enemy. There is no sting for death when Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Amen? You're just going to the next place. You're going to the next city. Honestly, it's better than Disneyland. I don't know if you've ever been there or your favorite vacation spot. I was going to say Hawaii, but the, the, I don't know about Hawaii now. You know? <laughs> I don't know what your favorite vacation spot is. I think the beaches of New England are a nice vacation spot. Amen? 
like Cape Cod, right? Hallelujah. But listen, we're going to be talking about these things. We're going we're gonna to talk about heaven. We're going to talk about how we're going to answer some tough questions in the next few weeks. And honestly, if you know people, bring them out. Listen, my mother would never step in a church other than her, the church she grew up in. But I prayed, and she came, and the very first night she came, she got saved. She knew it was the truth. She knew she wasn't saved. Church doesn't save you. Jesus does. But they got to hear the message. Amen? And sometimes they don't want to hear it from you. So I encourage you, invite people, get them here to hear this. And we're going we're gonna to bring this out, that, that we're praying and we're, gonna, we're believing that lives will be changed. How many of you this helped you to know that you're just not going to see? How many of you ever thought, maybe I'm just going to go to sleep and not be awake for a while? You know? Yeah, I mean, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we're going to share some testimonies of, and uh, it's, it's going to be exciting the next few weeks. Amen? So, so with that, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for just a moment. And you're here this morning, and you have never asked Jesus Christ into your Lord, into, as to be your Lord and Savior. You've never surrendered your life. You never, you never was, even if you, you, you might have said some prayer, but maybe you weren't even serious about it. Or maybe you did once, but you kind of just never really stepped into all that God has for you. I'm telling you. God is knocking at your heart. And the Bible says God knows all things. And he loves you so much that he knew you would be here today to hear this message. And he's saying, let me in. Let me become your Lord. Surrender your life to me. I've got a plan for you. I'm going to ask you to say this prayer with me. It's very simple. I'm going to say it, and if you can repeat, if you, can, if you would like to receive Jesus, I'd like you to, to say this prayer after me. Listen, listen, if you went home tonight, put your head on your pillow, and didn't wake up in the morning, where would you spend eternity? You're going somewhere. And the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Because sin can't get into heaven, but your sin is all erased and forgiven when you receive Jesus. So we're going to say this prayer. I'm going to ask you all to say it with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you now, and I thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. Jesus, I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord, and I surrender my life to you today. And I thank you that I am forgiven. I am free. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you said that for the very first time, we want you to let somebody know. Well, you know, we have an information table. You can take that green connect card and say, listen, I received Jesus today. They will give you a packet that will help you on your journey, show you where the scriptures are in the Bible. Um, if you need a Bible, we'll, get, we'll find a way to get a Bible into your hands. Whatever it is that you need, we want to help you in your journey with God. Listen, these days and age, I wouldn't want to be caught without Jesus. Amen. This day and age.